Untherapeutic is a relationship podcast for people who don't go to therapy. A healthy blend of professional and personal perspective, Untherapeutic explores real, unaddressed issues in everyday relationships. I'm your host, Dr. Nick Hardy, psychotherapist out of Houston, Texas. All right. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Untherapeutic, a relationship podcast for people who don't go to therapy. Today, we have attorney Courtney D. Simmons, uh, attorney and legal analyst for the hit show Fatal Attraction. I'm going to let Courtney uh, introduce herself, but today we're going to be talking about that very topic, Fatal Attraction. We all like a little crazy until... We all like a little crazy until we got to draw the line somewhere. But Courtney, introduce yourself. Tell the people where you're from, who you are, a little bit about yourself. Uh, Hey, everyone. My name is Courtney Simmons. I am an attorney. I practice uh, in the state of Tennessee. I do criminal defense and family law. Um, So anything that touches the family, I I handle. Um, I've been practicing for 11 years. Um, I have my own firm uh, here in Jackson um, in I've, you know, I, I've dealt with the crazy. I've dealt with the, on both ends from the divorce side, child custody, as well as on the criminal side. And so this is something that I deal with on a regular basis. And so I'm just glad that I was invited to come on and talk to you guys about it. Hey, absolutely. And that, that's why we that's why we, we we tapped you today, because, you know, Courtney, you see a lot of these fatal attractions on the tail end. You know, a lot of times people come to counseling and I'm sure they come to you, too. You know, they're super excited, at least for me. You know, they come to me, they're super excited. I, I started talking to this new person and, and I'm listening to them and I'm like, you know, this this seems a bit extra. Right. You know, it, now at first, at first, it, 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 you know, it doesn't come off as extra because it's in the it's in the honeymoon stage. But but tell me a little bit, though. Right. You know, a lot of these relationships that are extremely unhealthy. Some of them, in the worst case scenario, become fatal. Why is it that, you, you know, we're, we're so attracted to it? Right. I mean, what's, what's the exciting part about the, the, the fatal part to some extent? Well, I mean, that, that's a good question. Um, it's it's exciting simply because it's new. It's something that um, people come from different walks of life, different you know types of relationships and so when you get with someone who is, and I'm speaking from a female looking at, you know, from a female standpoint, so Absolutely. You, you get it, you get a guy and he's, he's super attentive to you. He, he wants to buy you everything. He wants to take you out and show you off and, or the guy that's super protective or the guy who, you know, wants to fight somebody over you just because, you know, you stepped to your girl, his girl wrong. Mm-hmm. Those types of relationships are so exciting on the front end because it's like wow like this person really is like willing to put it all out there for me yeah but it's when it get it's like once you get in and they get you you know basically they, they get you in they get their claws mm-hmm. on you that's when things start going downhill yeah yeah it's it's interesting because you know I, you know, I hear a lot of I, again, this, you know, I'm speaking from a woman's perspective as a man, but I do hear a lot of women say, man, they they like the fact of feeling protected. Right. So that's that's not a bad thing. You know, so it's really tough to to distinguish between when does this become unhealthy? Right. You know, because at first, like who doesn't want to feel protected? Who doesn't want to feel safe? I mean, these are some fundamental needs in relationships. 
but but as you know, it can it can go bad real quick, right? Real, yeah, real quick. <laughs> real quick. You know, is there anything that, you know, is there any unhealthy side of that? Right. Like on the front end, when you think about, uh, you know, the good side of it, but but where's the unhealthy side of it? Right. Is there anything that somebody could be on the lookout for, you know, on the front end when it's when they've done nothing crazy? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, I don't really honestly and truly think that there's anything on the front end per se that would say, oh my goodness, this person is crazy. Yeah. I mean, you, I've been in relationships before where it was exciting on the front end. It was like, oh, he's a bad boy. I went through that little bad boy phase in my life. Mm-hmm. And that was, that was super exciting. And there was really nothing on the, on the, like the first few months of the relationship yeah. that really made me think, oh man, I might be wrong. Crazy. Yeah, but it was after I was like kind of head over heels for the guy that I started noticing like, okay, like you really sell drugs, like this Mm -hmm. is real, (laughs) and you really, you really like. You're not an entrepreneur, right? I mean, kind of, but in an unhealthy way, right? Yeah, it's like, oh, you you have guns in the house, like, oh, for real, like, oh, this is, and so it was, and then I mean, when you start getting criminal charges. Oh yeah, that's a red flag. It's it's but I did not see any of those things on the front end. Like mm-hmm. it was just he was, you know, cute guy, you know, had the little, you know, rough side to him, but he was still he grew up in the suburbs. He everything yeah. was fine. And so I didn't think anything of it. But then when I was, you know, hearing about the different behaviors, I was just like, okay. And now those are red flags. And yeah. I should have known that. But yeah. I was in like Ninth, tenth grade. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. We we all we all were green at that time. Exactly. Let me let me me ask you on the red flags, right? Because this is something that comes up a lot. You know, people will say, "Nick, no one is perfect," and they're right. No one is perfect. But then sometimes it's hard to distinguish between red flags and no one is perfect. Yeah. Right. Is this is this a red flag or is this a no one is perfect type, you know, incident? How, how do you determine the, between the two? Right. Or, or in, in just not even you. Right. Just in, in stuff you've seen. Right. Where is that grace and, and, and where should you not extend that grace? Well, I think that, I mean, it's a hundred percent true. Nobody's perfect. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. I mean, it's just, that's just the way of life. Um, and if someone tries to portray themselves as perfect, that's a huge red flag because <laughs> <laughs> no one, no one is perfect. I mean, you start running the narcissistic behavior and mm-hmm. it's, that that is a huge red flag. But other red flags, I mean, it's he wants to buy everything for me. He wants to do that. That's all well and good. But when he starts controlling everything where... Yeah. You can't go here. You can't buy that. You can't go hang out with your friends. You only, those are things that that type of behavior starts to turn into, unfortunately. And then the whole, I'm protective over you. Well, that again starts, I don't want anyone around you. You can't go anywhere without me. Yeah. That's red flag. And then the, the biggest red flag, if he, becomes aggressive with you to the point to where you are fearful that he might actually hit you. There's some people where they're like, he's never actually hit me, but I mean, I don't know. No, 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 no. Yeah. If you ever get to the point to where you believe that someone 
has the has the possibility of striking you, grabbing you, pushing you, hurting you in any type of way, that's a huge red flag. That's, that's not a, a nobody's perfect. Yeah. People get angry. Men and women alike, we can talk reckless with our mouth. But the moment that you start, you know, using your body and using your thighs to, you know, intimidate someone or you put your hands on someone. No, that's not a nobody's perfect. people. No, that is a big red flag. And you need to run from that because he's not going to change. Absolutely. Or she's not going to change. Because I say that from the women do do the inappropriate, aggressive, you know, physical abuse as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's it's double the point. I mean, it's a double edged sword. I mean, everybody can do it. It really is. I've definitely worked with some men who have have been in, I mean, abusive relationships. Right. And, and there's this a level of embarrassment sometimes. Right. Because it's like, man, you know, she 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 got a little crazy, but, you know, I should be able to take it. But you're right. Whenever there is the remote possibility of physical violence, that's not a no one is perfect. That's a that's a red flag for sure. Um, yeah. You know, you don't you don't want to play around with that. But let me ask you this. Do you. You know, because, again, it's it's kind of this catch 22 between no one's perfect. This is a red flag and people change. Right. People will (laughs) come to me and say, hey, Nick, but people change and they're right. People do change. When you look at all the couples that you've worked with over the past 10, 15 years. Do you believe change is possible? Yes. And. Yes and no. The reason why I say it's it's possible is because if I'm in a relationship and I, you know, my partner has pointed out, my husband's saying, hey, you know, X, Y, Z is going on. If I personally decide that that is important enough to me to to save my relationship, that I need to change that behavior, then yes, if I, Courtney, want to change that behavior, then I will change it. But I can't go to you and say, I want you to change. And you're like, okay, cool. Because at the end of the day, true change is only going to be like permanent or at least long lasting if the person making the change is the one, you know, doing it for themselves. You can't, you can't change for someone else and you can't make someone else change. I have tried, I tried early on. I tried too. (laughs) (laughs) To change people and, or to, you know, think that, well, maybe if I just, you know, acquiesce to them a little bit, maybe they'll kind of come to me and do what I want them to do. Mm -hmm. No, because that's not who they were. That's not where they were in their lives. And that's just kind of, it is what it is. You get the person as they are at that particular time. I mean, it's kind of like in the criminal sector, you get your victim as they come. So unfortunately, brittle bone syndrome, if your victim is someone with brittle bone syndrome and you hit them and they like just crumble to pieces and your charge is elevated to a higher level, then you're like, but I only, I only pump, punched them once. Uh-uh. It doesn't matter. You get them as they come. Same thing in relationships. You yeah. get your, your significant other as they are and you accept them for who they are. And you don't look at their past and judge them by that. But you also don't sit there and try to look so far into the future like, oh, they're going to be this. No, you mm-hmm. get them as they are. And if they change themselves, that's them. But if they don't, you're stuck with what you have unless you choose to remove yourself from the situation. No, that's really good. That's really good. I tell you, Courtney, at least once a week and, and I'm, I'm, I'm being conservative, at least once a week, I get a call or an email with someone trying to sign their spouse up 
for counseling. They're like, hey, uh, I, I saw you online or I heard about you. I read about you. And I, I want my husband, they just call it what it is. I want my husband to, to come get counseling. I'm like, okay, great. Awesome. Tell him to reach out. <laughs> right. Tell him mm-hmm. to reach out. Oh, well, I'm like, no, 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 no. If it, I, I can't sign someone else up because you believe that they should change. So it's, it's real. It's real. Whenever you feel like you're the one that's driving the change, and not the other person, it's, it's a sign that change is, is, is probably not going to last. Um, yep. It's, yeah, yeah, it's interesting. It's, it's, I mean, you think about it, it's, it's hard enough to change me, <laughs> right? Neither, neither less exactly. someone else. I still got stuff I'm trying to change. So you, you start trying mm-hmm. to, you know, add someone else into that equation. It, it's just not going to work, right? You know, going yeah. back to the whole bad boy phase, you talked about that. And I know you said you were in the 10th grade. And, and some people, it is a phase, but some people, they, you know, I don't know if it's a phase, right? Like you, you kind of like what you like. Is it possible to change what you like? Right. Because if you, if you like the bad boy, I mean, can that just shift and now all of a sudden you like someone that's less exciting or less protective you know, that's really hard. And I think that just comes with growth. Um, I went through my little, I, I had a, I had a bad breakup um, mm. early on in life. And uh, that honestly and truly drove me from the whole, you know, athlete, good boy kind of vibe to the complete opposite. And so I went to that. And so my ninth and, you know, ninth and 10th grade years, I, I don't want to say I wilded it out. But mm-hmm. I, I was going for not my typical, like my parents will tell you, they're like, girl, we were, we were concerned about you yeah, ninth and fifth grade yeah. with, with those suckers that you were bringing in, you know, bringing over here. And looking back at it, I'm like, oh my God, why would I even entertain that? Yeah. But as far as me, I just kind of, I had to move beyond that and grow. And as I matured as an individual, I realized that those dudes were not what I wanted. And so for me, I think that as you grow and you learn more about who you are as a person, you will see, because I mean, in the 10th grade into 11th grade, I ended up with the complete opposite of yeah. the bad boy vibe. I mean, the guy's a preacher now. I mean, so it was, it was the for good it was sake. The he's a preacher from the good book. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it was, I went to the complete opposite end of the spectrum and now now that, you know, I've gone through other relationships, so I found that happy medium and it's perfect. It works out yeah. perfect for me. But so I have over the years progressed and changed what my preferences are. But, you know, now physically my preferences are changed. But yeah. as far as what I look for, like more deeply. Internally, yeah. Those have changed. Yeah. And so I think that, yes, we can change what we want over time. But I don't think that, I think that, change comes from a variety of places, either mm. from a place of hurt, yeah. um, in different experiences, or just just growing up. I mean, so it, I think it, it just really kind of depends on where you are in your life. Yeah, no, that's good. That's good. And, and you know, uh, I'm laughing because I think we've all kind of gone through these phases after a bad breakup, right? And, yep. and it's, it's almost as if you're trying to subconsciously get back at the person that you were in a relationship with, right? Like yeah. I'll show you 
You know, I see people say that all the time. Oh, I won't date this type of woman or I won't date that type of. And, and the truth is, when you really start peeling back the layers, you, you find some hurt in there. Right. So, yeah, let me, let me ask you this. What what is something specifically? Right. So because a lot of times you can be 10, 15 years removed from a hurtful situation and not even realize that you're responding to something that happened when you were in the 10th grade. Right. <laughs> what are, is there anything that specifically that someone can do to get back to their original self before the hurt? Right. What type of investment can they make in themselves so that their perspective of what they're interested in changes? Because a lot of times people are like, I don't want that person. I want this person. But they keep going back to that person because fundamentally that's where they are. Right. What, what can someone do to 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 like something different? <laughs> uh, close, closure. I would say closure is, is, is big. I mean, and it might not be going directly to the person who, who hurts you to get that closure, but I think that you can get closure in a variety of ways. And I think that closure is really what frees you from, you know, the hurt and the pain that you went through that kind of propelled you into where you are. And I think that once you get that closure, then it really kind of opens you up to realize like, is this what I want? Is this really what I what I what I need? And is this who I truly am? Yeah. And so once you get that, you can figure out, okay, is this what I this is is this the new Courtney? Or yeah. is this, you know, the the response of the hurt Courtney who's putting up a guard trying to, you know, shield herself from getting to someone who was actually gonna, you know, love her and appreciate her yeah. and treat her like she wants be treated so she goes for the bad boy who's just kind of like ah you know girl i'm gonna put you on my wrist on my arm and we're gonna be you know doing all this ridiculous stuff but you yeah. know that there's no depth to the relationship yeah that's good that's good so so the solution isn't you settling for someone who doesn't protect you or someone who's boring because a lot of times we think in extremes right if i yeah. don't have this then i go with that and that feels as if i'm settling Right. There there is ways for you to change. That's real good. You know, when you think about it, I want to go back to that fatal attraction. Right. You know, we all like a little crazy until. Think about some of the couples that you've worked with. Right. Whether they're sitting in your office. Right. And let's just say it's not as is as volatile. Say it's not abuse. Right. Say it's not abuse. Let's just say it's a regular divorce. Right. Mm -hmm. A regular divorce, you know, uh, well, I don't know what the legal term is. What do they call it? Uh, irreconcilable difference or something like irreconcilable that. Irreconcilable difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean. Yeah. You know what I mean. Right. Um, <laughs> do they miss it? Where do couples miss it at? Right. Let's let's take the extreme off the table. Let's just say it's two people sitting in your office. They're at odds. And they're like, man, I don't want to be married anymore. Is there anything that they missed along the way that they possibly could have prevented either if they would have been more aware or if they would have done something different or were they just doomed from the start? Well, there's a couple, you know, a couple of, you know, situations that are just doomed from the start. Yeah. It is what it is. I mean, it it's is. Like, y'all shouldn't even been together. Yeah. Yeah. If you, if you meet somebody on Monday and then you marry them on Friday. Yeah. Yeah. Those are, and I've had those before. Like, seriously, like they, and you're like, what? Mm -hmm. But, but for the, 
for the normal people who who went through the courting process, the engagement and all that kind of stuff. I think communication. Communication is where all of it breaks down because when I sit down with the with somebody, and a lot of times I meet with people separately. There's a very rare situation to where the couple comes in together. If they come in together, they have basically gotten their entire agreement worked out, and all I'm doing is making it legal. I'm not even giving advice. I'm just making it legal. Yeah. But I typically deal with you know one person comes in, and I ask them, why are we here? Mm. What got us to this point? And some people are like, I don't know. It's like, nah, you know. Yeah, what but they may it? not, though. Well, no. A lot of times they do know. Mm. They just don't recognize that that is the reason that they're there. And so when we start talking and pulling it out, that's when, I mean, in most of my consultations, I mean, I, I block out 30 minutes, but depending on where it is, it takes me an hour because I really want to make sure that I'm getting to where I'm, you know, to understand where I'm going with this person so that I can give them what they need. Mm -hmm. Um, But it comes down to communication, paying attention to your spouse. Women, men too, love attention. And it doesn't have to be something where, oh, I'm running up to you and be like like a little yippy dog. But no, it's just the little things, good Mm -hmm. morning, sending the the text message. I just wanted to check on you to make sure your your, your day was going well. Oh, I know you had a bad day. I went ahead and made dinner. I washed, you know, I got the kids ready. I mean, it's it's being appreciated and communicating. Those are the two main things that I see. Mm -hmm. And those are the two things that lead to the next situation is when people start cheating. Why? Because there wasn't enough communication and there wasn't enough attention at home. And so if you show attention and appreciation and communicate with yourself, then you don't have to worry about the other side. I read, I read a, I can't remember uh, where I saw it or it was a therapist or whatever on TikTok. I yeah. think. <laughs> but he talked about the rule of three. Uh-huh. Every three days, reconnect with your spouse. Every three weeks, go on a date with your spouse. Every three months, you need, I mean, it's like he just started going through and it's like just reconnecting and making sure that you, and, I think if people went by that, mm-hmm. I think that there's a lot of, you know, divorces that could be saved. And in yeah. my, my practice, I try, I do a lot of counseling. Mm-hmm. I mean, they call us attorney counselors and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I, I talk to these people because it's like sometimes divorce really isn't the answer. They just needed to understand what they were missing in their relationship. And then when they go back and take it to their spouse, I've had people who have called me and said, Thank you. And I'm like, for what? <laughs> They're like, yeah. you you helped me figure it out. We're not going to go through the divorce. And I'm like, hey, hey, is that money out of my pocket? Yes. But am I glad that I was able to save a marriage? Heck yeah. Like Absolutely. I would prefer for people to be happily married than to be miserable, you know. Absolutely. You know, no, you're right. You, you're right. I mean, it's, it's so funny you talk about those details. I talk to couples all the time, every day. And I'm telling you, sometimes we just overcomplicate it, right? We overcomplicate yep. it. I'll ask couples, you know, if, if if you were to list the top three complaints or issues that, that your spouse has with you, what would they be? I'm telling you, Courtney, nine out of 10 times, they know exactly what it is, right? They know exactly, oh, spend more time, uh, you know, you know do this, say, you know, I mean, it's simple. They know exactly what it is, but then it's like, mm-hmm. well, why aren't you doing it? Why? And you almost don't need a counselor 
to do what you already know you need to do. Now, I'm way cheaper than an attorney. I'll tell you that. Right. So come to me. Uh, No. You know, you know, the, the, yeah, them, them attorney, them attorney fees hit different than the counseling fees. But <laughs> the truth of the matter is you're right. Communication, paying attention. Right. Because we get busy and some of it, sometimes it doesn't happen intentionally. Right. Yep. Sometimes you just I mean, we just get busy. We get stressed. You know, you got kids, you working, you here, there and your, your spouse becomes second, third, fourth, fifth on the list. You, you got to remember, you chose them. You didn't choose the kids. The kids, you, you just got blessed with the kids. Yeah. You chose your spouse. And so you have to be intentional about trying to choose that relationship. Yeah. No, that's good. That's good. And the appreciation. There's nothing more deflating than not feeling appreciated. Right. I mean, yep. to, to not feel appreciated is like poison to a relationship. Mm-hmm. Because it's, yep. it's so difficult to get back in the race, to get back in the fight. And yep. when they come to me, that's always consistent. I'll ask that a lot of times. Scale of one to 10, 10 being extremely high. How, how much do you feel appreciated? Right. And typically the couples that are right, you know, like one day next visit is to go see Courtney, you know, the divorce steps. <laughs> <laughs> they, they always score low because of that appreciation. Um, so yeah, you're right, man. And appreciation is easy to get from someone else. Mm. Like the little compliments, the, Oh, you look good in that dress. Oh, that, you know, those shoes are nice. Your hair looks great. Those are all little things that you can get elsewhere. And it's, if you're already in a rocky spot in your marriage and you put on this amazing dress and it's like, oh yeah, I look good. Like your, your confidence level is up and then your husband doesn't even mention it. But then you go out and everybody else is complimenting that. That is, you know, that, that's deflating. And I mean, I'll be honest, I'm in a great spot in my marriage, but I wore a dress last week and I was bad. I was just, I mean, I looked amazing to yeah. myself. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I got compliments from literally every person that saw me. They're like, oh, my God, Courtney, that is your color. That dress is amazing. I mean, mm-hmm. I was I was on point. Yeah. And he didn't mention it at all. And I was just like, <laughs> like you like walking you- by, then rewalk by, you know, intentionally didn't come home and change immediately out of my work clothes. Thanks. I kept my darn work clothes <laughs> on and strutted up and down the hallway in the kitchen. I made dinner in my dress. And he still didn't say anything. And so when I put my pajamas on and we were getting ready for bed, I was just like, you know what? You didn't even mention my dress. He's just like, huh? And I was just like, hello, did you guys see all of that? (laughs) And he was like, but the thing is, he had a whole bunch of crap going on at work that day that was on his mind that he he wasn't able to get finished. And so mentally, he brought it home. Mm. So it wasn't that he was ignoring the fact that I looked good in my dress. It was he had so much else going on that he wasn't even able to acknowledge it. And when I said something to him, he was just like, damn, my bad. Yeah. I was just like, see, and so again, that's where the communication comes from because if I was in a bad spot and I had done all of that and nobody paid attention to me, yeah. I would have been like, well, let's go to the next dude that's going to give me that attention. Mm-hmm. And so that's why, you know, it's, it's super important. It, it really is. And, and it goes both ways too. Just as you were talking, I mean, it may be the dress for you, but I could... I could see it being 
you know, I deal with couples. It could be something as small as, man, you got an award at the workplace. And, you know, dudes, right? You know, we're going to downplay. I mean, you know, a little award. It ain't really about nothing, you yep. know. But but we we still want to be celebrated. We still want to be appreciated, mm-hmm. right? Even for yep. the things that we, quote, should already be doing, right? And I think yep. that's where we miss it at a lot of times, too, because it's like, you should be doing that. And like, yeah, and I'm not saying I need the the, the encouragement to do those things. But from time to time, a little bit of appreciation goes a long way. A yeah, long it way. sure does. <clears throat> so that's, that's, that's dope. I like that. So when you talk about divorce isn't the answer, right? Again, that's not my call. That's not your call. This is a call that the couple is making, right? But from your perspective, let's take off the table abuse, infidelity, you know, some of these non-negotiables, right? What if someone is just not happy and they come to you and they're like, hey, we're, we're, we're talking to the attorney. What does the conversation look like then? Basically how I, I mean, and I see these a lot. It's just, mm-hmm. they're not happy anymore. They're, it's like the husband isn't the same person that he was when they got married. The wife isn't the same person. And that's okay. Marriage is in, in my book, marriage is forever. But I understand that you deserve happiness. Everyone deserves happiness. And if your happiness is not with this person, it's, I've, I've had plenty of couples where I still love you, but I, I just, I don't want to do this anymore. This is not what makes me happy. It's more stress on me yeah. than to do this. And I think that that's important. And I think that that's really big of someone to be able to acknowledge like I love you I want to be with you I want to selfishly take you and just keep you to myself but I know that I'm not happy and I know that you're not happy and I think that it's best that we go the separate ways and I think that that's something that I mean people grow and that's important and I think that that's I mean it's it's sad that it's a marriage that's ending because marriage a a divorce is like a death because it's the death of the relationship but I have a lot of people like that and I'm like, and they're like, I just want, I want him to be happy. I want her to be happy. Let's just divide this stuff on up and be done. Yeah. And I respect that. I respect those couples like almost a whole lot more than, you know, the, you know, the other types of cases. They did this, they did this. And yeah, they know, they know that both of them deserve better. They know that they're not right for each other. And they're also not out to hurt the other person. Mm-hmm. They've just grown and changed. And sometimes with growth, you you know, some people are for a season and some people are for a reason. And yeah. they might have met that reason and ended that season. And now they're moved on. Yeah. So that's that's yeah. Yeah, that's real. That's real. And, and let's let's end on this. You know, we, we started we were talking about, you know, this whole fatal attraction. Right. And again, that's exciting. Right. It's, it's invigorating. It kind of keeps you on your your toes, but that's not always sustainable. And so a lot of times what I see among couples is that initial excitement, air quote, kind of kind of fades a little bit. Right. And they're, they're looking to get re-excited per se. But a lot of times that excitement can't can't sustain itself in the current context. We got kids now, right? Like 
no, I just can't up and do this or up and do that. Or, you know, I got more people I'm managing at work or, you know, more responsibilities. Like I'm, I'm not as free spirit as I was 10, 15 years ago. How do you yep. still maintain that excitement that, you know, the, the thing that initially drew you to the person in a healthy way, let's say 10 years down the line, you know, this person, you wake up with them every day, you see them. I would say that you have to be intentional. I think that it's something that you have to want. You have to, I mean, sex is a part of a relationship. You got to keep it in there. You got to get in there. You got to do what you got to do. I mean, you might be tired. It might be boring because, I mean, not boring. It's not boring. I ain't speaking from I mean, personal it, experience. I'm just saying, I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> but what I'm saying is that it's like, you've got to make sure that you keep it spiced up. I mean, you've yeah. got to make sure that you keep that as a part of the relationship. You've got to take, you know, take the time and go on dates and take trips and it, it might not be something that you take a you know a big extravagant trip but a little weekend getaway a little mm-hmm. something small to you know keep that spice on i mean and if it was something that you know if, if the the bad boy side was what drew you into somebody mm-hmm. okay cool they can still have that little that little rough side to them go to a concert go to a, yeah. a rap concert go, yeah, go, go see guy music and, <laughs> yeah i mean go you know bump with your daddy or something like that but it's just you can find ways to continue to reconnect like if if your dude used to be a gangbanger he used to shoot all the time and that was exciting to you go to the gun range Mm. i mean it's like you can you can find positive ways creative ways to keep the excitement but not, you know, or you both have been super frustrated and you just need to get some time. Go axe throwing. Mm. I mean, legit. It's like, just think of something that's fun. Find other couples and, you know, hang out. Like, we have a group of couples here. Like, that's like, we call it the crew. Okay. And we we get together and we hang out, especially during the summertime. Like, I love to entertain. We got people at our house all the time. We're cooking out. The kids are all doing their own thing in the house. We're outside drinking and having a grand old time. Or we all get a babysitter and we go out for just an adult tonight. Yeah. And so it's those are things that you can do to kind of keep the relationship exciting. But mm-hmm. then also just remember to talk. Yeah. And like just reconnect like at night. Just it might be you might be tired, but just sit in the bed and cuddle and, and talk. Yeah. And just be there for the other person. Be Ask present. about their day and be yeah. and be intentional. Don't say how was your day just to say how was your day? Like genuinely be interested and invested in what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. No, that's and, good. Yeah. That's good. I love it. Just just being intentional. I think a lot of people can solve a lot of problems if they're just more intentional. Right. Yep. Just more intentional because good relationships don't happen by chance. There has to be an investment and there has to be intentionality. So yep. that's good stuff. Courtney, I appreciate you you joining us. Um, hey, for anybody out there that wants to connect with you, if they did need legal advice, counsel, and they're in Tennessee, any, any, anywhere they can reach you? Um, you can, you can check out my website. It's Casey, C-A-S-E-Y, Simmons, S-I-M-M-O-N-S, and Bryant, B-R-Y-A-N-T.com. Or you can email me at K as in kite, Simmons, S-I-M-M-O-N-S, at 
C is in cat, S is in Sam, B is in boy, firm, F-I-R-M.com. Awesome. Hey, Courtney, I appreciate your time. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Untherapeutic, a relationship podcast for people who don't go to therapy. For more information, visit us online at untherapeutic.com and follow us on social media. Remember, untherapeutic is not medical treatment and should not be seen as a substitute for therapy.